Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This is a 15-week study of Who Holds Forgiveness. The word forgiveness brings different emotions to each of us. Join us as we dig deeper into who holds forgiveness. Here's Jacqueline. Welcome to Women Inseparable. It is not the traditional Bible study. We don't have a book. We don't have anything. We have this. And we're going to do this together. We do have study guides. Um, It's not professional, but it's a study guide. It's not required, but it's our study guide. You who are here live have it in person. Those that are watching on video or podcast, if you want to access it, um, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. We'll send you a PDF file for free. Welcome to Women Inseparable. We don't charge anything. We don't make anything. We, We worship Jesus. No rules, no study, no homework. Can we pray? I would like to pray. Sweet Heavenly Father, how good and how wonderful you are. I sit here just completely in awe that we get to do another, another season, another study under your created group that is called Women Inseparable. Lord, I wonder how many of us, I know how many of us you were thinking about the day you sent your son to die on the cross for us. And I wonder at what point you had women inseparable on this day in your plan, when this was written in your book, when this study that's sitting before us was scripted for us today. Lord, there's so much, there's so much about God, how big he is. As much as we want to grasp you and how much we want to understand you, there's still so much that we never will know until we get to see you face to face. But I thank you. I thank you so much for being so big. I thank you so much for being our God. I thank you for calling each and every one of us to you through your spirit and by the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you for the gift of the word of God. I thank you for the spiritual gifts that you've given to us to connect to one another, to serve one another, to love one another, to teach one another. And Father God, as I sit here very humbly this morning with your word open in front of me, I pray with all that is in me that you will speak and that I won't. Heavenly Father, Mark chapter 1 is open, and I pray that you'll be with those words that were penned so long ago, that were penned over something that was so new. Lord God, I pray that you'll help us to grasp how new it was and how new it is even today. We pray all these things in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mark chapter 1. We are starting a new 15-week study titled, Who Holds Forgiveness? How many in this room, I wonder, loves the word forgiveness? How many of us hear that word forgiveness and shift in our seat a little bit. Sometimes feel a little uncomfortable in our own skin a little bit. Sometimes throw a mental stone of judgment to somebody else just a little bit. Some of us have emotions that come through from the depths of our toes when we hear the word forgiveness. There's a lot that goes on inside of our bodies, inside of our minds, inside inside of our fears 
inside of our futures, our past, our present today reality when we think of the word forgiveness. So we're not going to do a 15-week study on the word forgiveness because I have a feeling we all know what that word means, what that word feels like, what that word looks like. We know what it's like to offer it to somebody else. We know what it looks like when somebody offers it to us. May I dare say we know what it looks like when we don't receive it. And we know what it feels like when we don't offer it. Do you have your emotion that is linked to the word forgiveness? My goal during this 15-week study is that we will learn the question or the answer to our question, who holds forgiveness? And there are so, so many stories that could sit in this hand, are there not? So many equations, so many answers that we need. And I pray that during these 15 weeks, that the answer that you need for your story will be seen in scripture. That's my specific prayer. For each and every one of you prayed for one by one by one, my prayer is that you will find the answer to your story of forgiveness in scripture over these next 15 weeks. Will you pray that prayer for you as well? Make this study personal. You're like, I don't want to. Then don't. It's your study. It's your choice. (laughs) There's no rules. We're going to start with where forgiveness started ultimately in the New Testament. We're going to start in Mark 1. We'll see the same account in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. All four Gospels share this. We see this in Isaiah 40. We see this in the book of Malachi. So if you want personal scripture studies, jot those down. We do not do homework on Women Inseparable, but we do have bonus challenges. They disguise under the word homework. (laughs) We don't call them homework. They are not required. They will not be discussed unless you yourself bring them up in a discussion. If you want to further your scripture study and use your question guide, look at, the, look at Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm not going to give you a specific verse because that ruins the fun. And look at the book of Malachi. The whole book, yes. It's three chapters. It's not too vast. Read the book of Malachi and scout out the study that we're going to do today. Deal? You say no. Perfect. (laughs) This is how we roll. Mark chapter 1 is what we're going to focus on this morning. But again, you can find this in Matthew, another scripture search. You can find this in Luke. You can find this in John. Luke is absolutely amazed in the details that he gives, and John is beautiful in how he records this. Matthew, I favor It was the first book of the Bible that I wrote my own personal book on. So Matthew, to me, is like my best friend. So go to Matthew. It's wonderful. Mark, however, is where we're going to be today. Mark chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. This is what our scripture says. Um, And for the record, I will be reading throughout this whole study in the ESV. What you use is perfect. Here we go. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, and here you could write Isaiah 40 right next to that if you would like to script an arrow in your own scripture. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, behold, I send my messenger before your face. Did you hear those words? 
For some of us, those words are so familiar. We've heard them so many times. I pray that we hear them brand new. I pray that we'll hear them for the first time today. He says the word, behold. Don't just see, but stop and look and truly behold the words that are sitting before us. Mark writes the words that Isaiah prophesied thousands of years before this. And he writes the words, behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way? The voice, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Note his location. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. These are the words that were prophesied, and there's more to this prophecy in Isaiah, but Mark only records the first half of it. And then he goes on and tells us a story. And in this story, he starts with two words in verse 4. Can I read just all of verse 4 first, then we'll break it down. Verse 4 says, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A verse we've read before. A verse we'll read again. A verse that if we unpack word for word, we could sit here literally for three and a half weeks. There is so much depth in this one verse, and we're not going to sit here for three and a half weeks because we don't have enough video footage for that. But can we look at it for just a moment? says, John appeared. Who is John? And I don't want you to answer out loud, but I do ask that you answer your, ask yourself in your head. Test your knowledge. Always, I always encourage you to test your knowledge. Not for proof, not for pride, but to grow yourself. When you hear the word John at the beginning of Mark, what John is this? Who is this John? A lot can be answered in the book of Matthew of who John is who his dad is. His dad was Zechariah. He was a priest. He was a Levite. His mother, his name, her name was Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a Levite. As a married couple, they lived a life in complete purity according to Levitical law. Anything about your upbringing? How many of us could stand and testify? My parents were obedient to the Levitical law. They were perfect in all their ways. Anybody? Anybody standing up and testifying? Even if we had good parents, none of our parents held true to the Levitical law all their lives. And yet all their lives and all of their purity and all of their stature in which they live for the Lord, their, their home was empty. And I think that's a fascinating thought. How often did Elizabeth pray for a baby? She lived according to the law. She walked according to her love for God, and yet her prayer wasn't answered. Is that something we can relate to? It's an interesting side point. And here in all of their ways and all of their living, John appeared. And we don't have time to get into that whole story of how exactly he appeared and how Gabriel approach Zechariah in the temple, but you can see that story in the book of Luke. I highly recommend you read that story. But John appeared, and he grew up, and he lived a life, a clean life, a pure life. He had a couple of rules over him, a couple of Levitical 
rules that were placed over him by the Spirit of God upon his birth, lived his life in the wilderness. His clothing was not acceptable to culture. Consider that statement, Christian woman. John's clothing was not acceptable in culture. His eating habits were not acceptable in culture. His lifestyle, living in the wilderness, odd. Not particular in the society in which he lived. He kind of lived outside of a box. And this was during a day where boxes really mattered. The law really mattered. Pharisees made sure that the law really mattered. This was his upbringing. This is what was happening. So when, when Mark writes the words, John appeared, do you see what is happening in his appearance? A whole new image, an absence of image was being created. It's refreshing, but frightening at the same time. He then says, John appeared baptizing, baptizing in the wilderness. Do you ever wake up with a crazy question on your mind? And you're like, where'd that question come from? That was my question this morning. I woke up this morning. My question literally just this morning was, where is baptism in the Old Testament? We know John baptized, and he was judged for baptizing, and he was questioned for baptizing. We see that in uh, John. And I woke up thinking, wondering, where is baptism in the Old Testament? What were the Pharisees seeing? They're seeing something they've never seen before. Because baptism did not exist in the Old Testament. It's not a Levitical law. Interesting. And some of you Bible scholars may be thinking, well, yes, young Jacqueline, we know this to be true. This question boggled my mind this morning. I have a 16-year-old. So rude. They're not six. Why aren't they, like, just always six? And now he's 16. And he's sitting and eating a quick bowl of breakfast before going to school. And I'm like, you know, he's still waking up in this motion. And I'm like, you're not going to believe the question I woke up with. And I'm talking doctrine to my 16-year-old at the breakfast table this morning. And he's just, uh-huh, mom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, mom. Uh-huh, mom. I'm blown away by this truth. Like, I'm completely blown away by this truth. And this is where I will be taking my personal challenge this week, is studying the, the emptiness of baptism in the Old Testament. It is not there. There are pictures of water that we see throughout the Old Testament where God brings redemption to his people. Curious if any stories come to your mind as we say that. Perhaps the Red Sea. Perhaps the Nile River. Perhaps the Jordan River with Elijah passing over his ministry to Elisha. Big moments happened in big bodies of water for redemption for his people in the Old Testament. But baptism did not exist. It was not a thing. It wasn't prophesied in the Old Testament, and that's what boggles my mind. John appeared doing something that was not prophesied for him to do. Does that boggle your mind just a little bit? Make you want to sit and study scripture just another hour? He's baptizing. Full body immersion 
was created right here by John, who we call the baptizer. Kind of makes sense now. He's doing something brand new. And it says that John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming, catch this, proclaiming a baptism, what he just created that he's the first person to do. He's proclaiming a baptism, a full body immersion of what? Of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This isn't a day where everybody lived in a box. And if you didn't, the Pharisees will be knocking at your door and shoving you inside of that box. There are rules to be followed. There are laws to be obeyed. There is discipline for those laws. Don't you dare go outside this religious box in which we've created for our nation. And John, in the wilderness, away from the temple, without an animal to sacrifice for his sins on the right day at the right time by a priest, he himself says, come here. You want repentance? Do you as an individual in the wilderness, far away from the temple grounds, want repentance of your sins? All of them? Um... Yeah. In fact, I do. I do, instead of getting my oxen or my calf or my turtle dove, instead of blood on my thumbs and my big toes, instead of death and the smell of blood and the guilt and the shame that this animal had to be raised for the purpose of paying for my sin yearly, monthly, weekly. There were daily sacrifices for sins. Read Leviticus. You want a personal challenge? Read Leviticus. This is what the people that are hearing John preach, this is what they knew. They knew Leviticus. They knew what was required of them. They knew what animal they needed, what time of year, what season of year, what day of what time of the day? They knew what was expected of them so they could live in the forgiveness of sins. And here John appeared, doing something brand new, offering something brand new. And he says, you want forgiveness of sins far away from everything that you know, that religion that you know, that law, that box that you know, that shame, that guilt that you know because it's so heavy on you all the time. That peace that you feel when you first offer that forgiveness and you're forgiven and then you take a step and you're like, oh, I just had a bad thought. Send again. And your first thought is what animal am I going to raise so I can offer for my sin? Do they always, ever, do they ever have freedom from their sins? The blood paid the price, but did they ever feel free from it? That's a question that I have. I don't know if I have the answer. But our, our fathers of the Old Testament, did they ever step away from that weight of sin? Or were they always looking toward that next sacrifice? Living above the law so they can offer their sacrifice. Do you imagine living that reality? 
we read John on the other scale, don't we? We read these words, nor like John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Because we know what baptism is, we know what repentance is, we know for what forgiveness is, and we know what sin is. And we keep on walking and living and doing and raising and teaching and being who we are. But if we go backward before this was a thing, imagine hearing this for the first time, how blown away they were. Verse 5, it says, And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out. They were going out to the wilderness to see John and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan and they were confessing their sins. These people that were so used to the weight of the law were hearing something brand new, were witnessing something brand new and they were lining up from Judea and all of Jerusalem, the religious sect of the, the world at that time, leaving the Pharisaical lifestyle, leaving what their fathers taught them, leaving what their mothers raised them to know is truth. And they said, there's something, there's something there. What was there that was so different than what they knew? The answer is our question. Who holds forgiveness? I hope I don't ruin this 15-week study, this secret answer to which we're looking for. But may I submit this answer, that the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. And here John knew that. And he was preaching that. He was preaching what he was called to preach from Isaiah 40. What his words were, they were prophesied. Those were called out from Isaiah. They're declared in Malachi right before silence for hundreds of years. Malachi ends, Mark begins. It ends with the prophecy of John, and it begins with John appeared. Isn't that cool? Scripture is so, so cool. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I don't know if you know this, but there sometimes is a debate in the Christian circle about baptism. Anybody aware of this? Sometimes in the Christian circle, people divide over their scriptural opinion of baptism. Paul tells us as Christians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to not let any division come between you. I believe this is part of what Paul is talking about. The fact of the matter is Jesus came and he gave us a new gift. The new gift he gave us was baptism. He gave us something that the Old Testament Christians, the, new, the Old Testament followers of God, did not know. They had no idea. They had no knowledge of baptism. It didn't exist. It was not even a thing. But Jesus came. And with Jesus came a new way. A new way that makes our paths 
straight. And whether you believe whatever you believe in the realm of baptism, the fact of the matter is Jesus in the flesh, we see right here in scripture, Jesus was baptized. May that be our answer. Well, when should I get baptized? Well, let me give you this answer. Have you ever put your faith and your trust in the eternity of Jesus Christ? Have you with your mouth confessed that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe and say with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Have you ever said that out loud? Have you ever said out loud, I believe that Jesus died on that cross and was buried with my sin on him? Have you ever known that truth? Have you ever said that truth out loud from your heart? Have you ever, with every glee inside of your bones, proclaim the truth that Jesus Christ rose again. Have you said these words from the depths of your heart? Sweet friend, you are a child of God. Be baptized. Can that be scripture? Say, well, I got saved when I was three. Okay. Get baptized. Well, I got saved again when I was 16. Okay. Uh ask God. My personal experience, I got saved when I was three. I got baptized when I was 10. My choice when I was three, my choice when I was 10, my uncle baptized me at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have a picture. And then I got saved again at 16 at Word of Life Bible uh, College or the, their island, their teen program in New York when I was 16. And then I had that question, like, okay, so I got saved when I was three, and then I got saved again. I got baptized when I was 10, so what of that? What's the rule? Nobody had an answer. Everybody had an opinion. There's scripture, get baptized. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of embarrassed to get baptized again because I was still was my uncle's church. Uncle, will you baptize me again? Because the first time I don't. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's questions. We all have such different stories. I think that's why scripture leaves it in believe in Jesus and follow him in baptism. Make it simple. Don't over-doctrinate because then divisions happen. I fear I'm causing division as I speak. I pray that I'm not. The purity and the simplicity of Jesus Christ gets blown, blown out of proportion when men enter into it with their opinions. Scripture says that if you want to follow Jesus, if you want that repentance and that forgiveness of your sins and Jesus lays on your heart, why don't you follow me in believer's baptism? And you say with your heart, okay, then that's the right time to get baptized. I got baptized again when I was 19 years old in Fiji. It's on a mission trip. If you ever need to go on a mission trip, go to Fiji. It's wonderful. I was there with a team, and we had led some people to the Lord. We led people to the Lord. Wrap your head around that sentence. As a human being, 19-year-old little girl, on the other side of the world, I got to tell somebody that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them. 
Why did I get to do that? Because God. God lets us do that. All of us on our team, there was a guy on my team, his name was John Baptist. Baptist was his middle name. <laughs> How great is that? Anybody pregnant in this room? Ever, anybody expecting a boy? I have a name suggestion. We all led somebody to the Lord. Street preaching. Doing children's programs. Talking to people in parks. We went there and we lived among people. And in conversation, led people to the Lord. Like neighbors. How honored we are to be able to do such, something so grand. We don't have to go to Fiji to do that, by the way. We could do that in our own neighborhood. While we were talking to these people about getting baptized, explaining to them, it was so heavy on my heart. Like, here I am encouraging somebody else who's received Jesus Christ as their Savior to get baptized and for the forgiveness of their sins, and I want to do that. So I asked the pastor who was running our mission program, told him my whole story. He's like, is God laying on your heart to get baptized? I said, yes. He says, then who am I to overstep that? So I got baptized again when I was 19. What is the rule, the scriptural rule for baptism? Mark 1, 4 says that John appeared baptizing something brand new in the wilderness outside of the box and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Sweet friend, do you want to be washed free from that repentance for the forgiveness of sins? Just pulling words from scripture. Do you want that? When we receive Jesus Christ as our savior, our sin that died on the cross with him was buried in that grave and it's there, gone. It's gone. Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ washes us. But something happens in that water. Our whole body, our whole mind, our whole spirit is identified with Jesus Christ. As we stand there in the water, we're standing there saying, I believe in Jesus Christ and I want to follow Jesus with my everything. And with your body, when they say Jesus' death and Jesus' burial and you go completely underwater, your whole body, your whole mind, your whole everything is identifying with Jesus Christ's death. And this is where religion is not cool. Because a lot of religions believe that Jesus died on the cross, and then that's the end of the story. What happens during baptism? You'd be dead. That's no fun. Baptism represents his, his life, his death. But just as Jesus could not physically stay in the tomb, we cannot physically stay in our sins. We cannot physically stay in that death and that weight and that shame and that guilt. Just as Jesus rose again, <sighs> We're brought up new, new, all things, all things are new in Jesus Christ. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Are you saved? Question number one, are you saved? If not, will today be your day of salvation? Oh, I pray right now that it is. Second question, have you followed Jesus in believer's baptism? If you have, walk in that newness. 
Walk in that newness as we pursue the next 14 weeks of the study. If you have not, do you know we have a baptismal? I have jeans on. I can go in with you. <laughs> Follow Jesus in believer's baptism. Feel that new. Feel that new. Erase the doctrine or erase the division. Erase all of that and just obey. Something happens when we obey. He's given us a gift that did not exist in the Old Testament. It's a gift that exists for us today. Who holds the forgiveness of your sins? Jesus. Will you follow him? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, how sweet you were to give us your son. And I thank you so much for my personal story of receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior. I thank you so much for the personal story of every girl in this room, every girl that's on video, every girl that's on podcast, every girl in our home groups and our Zoom groups. I thank you so much for their individual personal story of salvation. Lord God, I thank you for giving us the gift of baptism, something that we can hold on to, something that we can do for you because you've asked us to. I thank you for giving us the freedom of choice. I thank you for giving us the freedom to obey. I thank you for giving us that newness that comes when we do. I thank you for my story of it. I thank you for the story that sits in this room and among the girls and women inseparable. Father God, I pray right now for every heart that's hearing this that has not put their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray right now that with their heart and with their mouth, they will pro proclaim that Jesus is Lord that he came, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, and that Jesus Christ rose again, and that he is alive today and forevermore. Lord God, I pray salvation upon every single heart that is not saved right now. Draw them, sweet God. And I pray for baptism. Lord God, I pray that you'll take away the division that comes with baptism and replace it with the purity and the simplicity that you brought the opportunity to follow you, the opportunity to proclaim all things new and to walk in the newness of all things Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll be with us as we go about our day. Keep our mind, keep our mind, Lord God, focused on who holds our forgiveness of sins. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are the one that holds them all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.